the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Planted with Sarah Pion. I'm Sarah Pion, your host. And today we have the editor-in-chief of High Times and also my very first guest on the podcast, Ellen Holland. So you're my first repeat, Ellen, and I'm really happy to have you here. Hooray. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk about High Times, but before that, we were talking about getting together to talk about your book. Yes. Tell I, me. I I wrote a book during the pandemic. You know, it seems like something everyone says, yeah, I'm going to do that. I got some time, but it actually <laughs> was pretty challenging to put together. I um, It's a connoisseur's guide. Weed, a connoisseur's guide to cannabis is the title of the book. And essentially, it's a cannabis appreciation book. So it looks at um, different types of uh, cultivars and also the cultivar families. And I kind of worked my way back like to land races to the current day strains um, in the categories of fruit, floral, fuel, and earth, um, which is something that Kevin Jodry came up with. Um, sorry, his name is Jodry, I think. I always say it wrong because I've only <laughs> seen it written. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, but he came up with that. And so I worked with that material and put together also different different ways that you can enjoy cannabis, like, uh, you know, in your cocktails or through yoga or, you know, just the spiritual way that you can explore all the different elements of the plant. I was really impressed because, you know, everybody was having these ideas like, oh, we're at home. I'll do all this stuff for, you know, self-care and these projects and everything. And almost everybody that I've talked to didn't do that but you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was it was an amazing opportunity, I feel like, uh, to anytime that I'm able to share my love of cannabis and, and kind of the stories behind how we got where we are is just like a, a great thing for me to do. And I and had a lot of fun putting it together and worked with incredible photographers, including um, Chris Romain of Candid, Candid Kush. Um, he submitted a lot of photos and also um, so my, my, my mind is like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also worked with uh, uh, a pot farmer's daughter, Christian Angelo. Oh, right on. Yeah. So she submitted a lot of beautiful imagery of uh, her, her um, outdoor farms and things like that. So. The photos are gorgeous. Thank you. It's yeah. it's a really, I actually, I had it as my coffee table book, but my coffee table ends up collecting so many things. And we're sitting together in my living room right now, so Alan can see all the different <laughs> products that I have like piled on here for work because it's not only my coffee table but it's my work table yeah your consumption table and maybe that's why I'm starting to forget things because I'm drinking this fabulous weed soda that you've just given to me which is um <laughs> grapefruit hibiscus and tastes amazing um and yeah just like pandemic brain of course we all have like, this, oh, these moments where it's like the truth what happened again what what day is it oh my god <laughs> I know I just uh I just did a an episode of another podcast with a colleague and I actually had to be like can you repeat that question again <laughs> no <laughs> we're good we're good <laughs> so this is your first book that you've written correct yes yes I, I worked on a bunch of books with uh, Ed Rosenthal as the editor I worked on with him on his new uh, cannabis growers guide in terms of the terpene chapters and I think that's where a lot of the research started for this book uh, because it is really about terpenes about flavors and um exploring terpenes as as a way that you can understand where cannabis might take you because you know there's so many different kinds it's ridiculous yeah there's new kinds coming out every day uh you know you can't really follow uh even like the new cultivars that are coming out is is impossible to to really uh understand what they are because their names say nothing about what how they might make you feel Mm -hmm. Right. They're just like totally arbitrary uh, at times. Mm -hmm. um, so you're like, OK, like, uh, you know, this amazing root beer cut that you just got from Mean Gene. Like, it's probably going to taste a little creamy, a little bit like root beer, like th those. Kind of, like, I like it when the names tell you a little bit about where it might go. And I yeah. think that we're getting a little bit farther away from that. So we have to really understand, like, what profiles we're looking for instead. Like, I really like the terpeneline, that bright um, Jack Herrera taste, the uh -huh. Northern Lights, like that's like, okay, this is uh, like the hazes, super lemon haze, like super, super silver haze. Like I'm like totally into those 
long flowering equatorial sativas. <laughs> they almost have like a little bit of a bite to them, don't they? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like it. I like it. And it's like a, a sharpness and, and um, a brightness too. Like I, I prefer a cannabis like that I can do stuff. Yeah. Still. Yeah. But you know, it's in these times too, we also need to relax a lot. So <laughs> I turn towards the other direction often too, as well. And there's the, the, the fuel strains, the ones that are super fuely, those chem dogs and like OG Kush and things like that, like those can also be a really valuable uh, tool to like just relax. Yeah. Well, and, and going on that, one of the questions that I've gotten before is that gassiness of those, of those cultivars. What's the top terpene in there that creates that? Do you know? I'm not sure, but it's they're really going to be myrcene heavy. Yeah. That's like that. That's the couch lock. I love myrcene. And that's the number one terpene out there. That's like going to dominate most strains. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking for something different, um, you know, like awesomene, I really like the uh, Tropical Sleigh Ride has that um, from Green Shock Farms. Uh-huh. And like, it's just like a... I don't know, the Hawaiian, like, <laughs> like a different taste profile that I'm like, oh, this is, this is fun. Oh, what is this awesome mean? Okay. Yeah. Like I can get down with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the sweet, the sweet strange. And I, but I'm also like one of those weirdos that can smoke like granddaddy purple in the middle of the day. Sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the same way that I, I'll, I'll drink a cup of coffee and take a, take a nap right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> you know? Or like sometimes one, a fun thing I've been doing recently is like using products that are for the nighttime, like during the day. <laughs> How's that work? It's out? great. Gets it super high. <laughs> I'm like, oh, nighttime recommended. Oh, I got you. Hey, like, Shandy, it's an anytime thing. It's more about set and setting, right? Yeah. <laughs> super fun. And I also tried, well, I told you that uh, we were just talking last night about uh, the, the 100 milligram edible that I recently tried just like during the day yeah and that was that was actually super fun I was I was kind of intimidated by having that much I've been um I'm at a point where like tinctures and stuff like that where I was doing like 30 milligrams and I and I really like hashish in my tinctures and I really like space gems is one of the big products that I like to buy those little gummies and now they have this like syrup that I'm like oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah I had some of that and I had some of their um their rainbow ribbons that I picked up at Hollow Flowers and I was like ooh and they're all like vegan and woman owned and seem really cool um and taste amazing um so yeah I've been into those but I you know I never went up to the hundred and it was like a pill right so I was like wow this is crazy I'm gonna take this pill and I ended up just like having a great time, like, you know, manifesting my destiny on a piece of paper. Uh, <laughs> I went to the museum and saw the art, you know, it was just high for like five hours and it was super fun. That's cool. And going back to the manifesting of your destiny, mm-hmm. just recently you got named editor in chief of High Times. Yes. And Ellen, you, I'm just so freaking happy for you because I loved working with you at Cannabis Now and I just know you're going to do like just some awesome awesome stuff with the magazine. I mean, it's it's a legendary magazine and right. now, you know, editor in chief is a woman. You did so much to make Cannabis Now like a very serious cannabis magazine where you were giving just great information. It wasn't just, I mean, I love the buds. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. We all love the buds. We all love the buds, <laughs> but your content, your, your talent with content is, you know, bar none. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like putting together a print magazine in 2022 is an incredible opportunity. Um, I really love uh, having that physical copy like in my hands I, I have a lot of creative freedom at this point in time I'm you know I'm working a lot with the covers and the back covers and art cover so I'm like envisioning different art concepts around the themes and I feel like the stories that I'm able to put in there are just like gonna reach so many people because everyone has this like love of high times of the past um yeah. that you know that everyone knows what it is it is a legacy publication it's been around for forever um, it's like they always say on the meetings that it's a 48-year-old startup and, they're, you know, <laughs> they're going into different directions and High Times is, is going in a lot of different directions and, and um, being like a, you know, a very different player in the space in terms of the retail and the cannabis cups and all those things. But there's still this like magazine that everyone respects, like that wants to, they want to be in it, you know, like it's still just such an honor to, to 
be contributing to high times. I can't believe it. And then to write an editor's note on the front of the magazine, you know, in the June issue is just insane. Yeah. I'm I'm so excited. This might be the year that I actually get a subscription. Woo, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, start with June, you know. <laughs> right? Get your subscription now. Yeah. Well, and then before we started recording, you were you brought up something that I didn't know. Like you know, you've worked with Ed and Jane for years on great projects, but you're kind of coming full circle because Ed was part of the beginnings of High Times. Yeah, Ed Rosenthal, like, you know, I was just reading in the uh, old archives that, you know, he's had a, he initially had a candle company, which is something that he's told me about in the past. We're, we're old homies. He he lives very close here to Sarah. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, he's a, a legend in the game, a legend in the publishing world. Um, it is incredible to work with him on book projects. Um, and I've learned so much, like just being around him. Um, he can smoke with the the best of us, like still to this day. Like you cannot, <laughs> you cannot outsmoke Ed Rosenthal. Like it is, it is so fun. And so I feel like to, to, to come to a magazine at this point in time that he started and to to be like such he has like been one of my main mentors in the game mm-hmm. is it just like oh my god this is amazing yeah. yeah he he must be so proud when you were saying that nobody can outsmoke Ed you know what I would like to see <laughs> I'd like to see Ed and Willie Nelson in the same room right. I want to see how that would go down because I know Snoop says that Willie beats him out really yeah. I bet I bet they have been in the same room at some point. I'm in time. sure they have. Oh, I've seen a picture of them together. Yeah. There's no way they got together and like we're like, no, we're not partaking today. I want to <laughs> hear from from them. I know my I well, Jeff, my husband, he toured with Willie with his band box set. Oh, okay. So he's spent quality time in the bus with Willie. Oh. And I just think quality time. Quality time. Cheap and weed. That's right. And there was a throwback Thursday photo that that Jeff's bandmate Jim put up of Willie in front of their truck and he was going to ride the side of the truck and everybody in the band was really excited but I didn't see Jeff in the photo and it's because he was still hanging in Willie's van because <gasps> I had to leave him behind. <laughs> That's he, amazing. He was still sorting it out after his session with Willie. Sure. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. We got to smoke with him. I know. <laughs> I know. We got to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 that's one of the best things about cannabis and I'm sure we've talked about this before but like mm-hmm. the people who are the legends the people who are made it what it is uh, like are like around are like available are you know like uh, people that we can still meet and interact with and tell their stories and I think that's one of the best parts about working in the cannabis industry is the fact that like everyone is still accessible it's not like yeah. some it is a plant that we've had around for thousands and thousands of years but I feel like the in the 70s in terms of the genetics and everything started changing in Amsterdam and California and yeah. now like the major players are you know let's call Mila the hash queen and see what's up with you know yeah. like it, super fun it's so it's so accessible like all you know well like you know doc, Dr. Mashulam's one of my heroes oh my god yeah and you can I remember wishing him happy birthday on social media and he responded and I was like my heart I mean, I I had met him once, and he was he was a very lovely person. But I'm sure he didn't remember me. But he was still like kind enough to be like, "Thank you for wishing me a happy birthday." Yeah, he's such a sweetheart. I got yeah. to um, I did actually get to interview him once on the over the phone, and oh, he right on. explained the entourage effect. Like, I felt like it was to me. Per- I'm writing an article. <laughs> it wasn't wasn't to me personally, but like he's like, oh, "I'll just explain the entourage effect to you right now." And I was like, "Oh my god, this is happening!" Like, it's just incredible. And he's yeah, he's he's got an email at his university, and actually, he's pretty accessible. You should get him on the podcast. Like, I feel like I should. Yeah, I should. Yeah, that would be amazing. like every once in a while, I'll be like, hey, I, he's in he's in the book. You know, I, I hit him up about some questions that I had for the book in terms yeah. of terpenes and things like that. And he, he responded right away and cannabinoids and things like that. What are you working on now? I think he's doing a lot of things in terms of like osteoarthritis and bone density, That's like those kind cool. of things. Yeah, so he's he's. And that's my my favorite part is you just like email him and he's like yeah yeah hi yeah <laughs> I had him writing for Cannabis Now for a minute like he was writing like a I didn't realize that he was writing a column for a while like he wrote maybe two or three and then he was just so sweet he was like 
you know what? I really just don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was asking him uh, like questions, you know, like, Mm -hmm. what do you think about this? Or what are you working on now? And he was, he was responding to that. And I was putting out a column in Cannabis Now. That's cool. It was just, he was so sweet to do it. He did it for like three times. I was like, you're amazing. No, no, it's great. Like, thank you so much. So, Well, and with all of your experience in the industry, all the people that you've met, because I know you, I think you more than anybody else I know has connected with so many different people who've been pivotal to what we're seeing now and what we've, what's been grown in the industry and the movement. So you had a lot of great people to tap into for your book and who are some of the people i mean i know you reached out to me but there were there were other really awesome people that were included in the book i'm not including myself in the awesome people i'm just like saying (laughs) no (laughs) there was you were you are one of the awesome people we talked to you about your juicing practices which i think is a really cool part of of cannabis is you know the leaves are actually a valuable way that we can use cannabis to or, to or have beneficial health effects and um, oh yeah you know stop the inflammation right it's a those kind of things it's great for the anti-inflammatory effects and for me it was like not getting high but it was like taking a chill pill it was yeah it was the equivalent of like because i love adaptogens too right and i find that like to create homeostasis in my body so that with all the different things i do i don't get like the work scaries where I just freeze up and I'm like, I yeah. can't do anything. But THCA, like juicing it every day, really helped me just be able to be and do my stuff and not get heady about things. Because like, you know, we were talking the other day, like Jeff got me a t-shirt that says, give me a moment while I overthink this because that's that's my, my normal mode unless I take my tools around me and... Yeah, and actually, and it's like it's funny because people will be like, "Oh, you seem so, you know, so chill." So chill. And I'm like, "You, there's a lot that goes into yeah. my chill." I'm working on it. I'm working on it, just like everybody. Yeah, I feel like, and the juicing is also a cool way to talk about how important home grow is. Yeah, because you're not going to necessarily get the leaves. I've only seen the leaves one time at a dispensary in like Mendocino, like you know, I don't know. 10 years ago or something like that where they had the leaves offered or they had the juice offered yeah something about it is like uh i don't know like i don't know why there isn't a product out there yet actually somebody's probably listening (laughs) (laughs) somebody a juice product would be really nice because like when you're looking at like thc in a tincture that's cool but right i think maybe some of the reason that we don't see it as much is because it's one of those things that has to be you have to really control it with temperature to make sure that it doesn't convert right yeah, because I've had that happen, <laughs> and that and because I thought it was THCA, I took much more than I would have, and mm. um, it's it was the it was actually the cautionary after school special tale that we would tell people for a while. <laughs> what oh. happens when you take well, more than you need? Yeah, I mean we all have those stories with edibles, I think. Uh, mm. But uh, what's cool about today's market is you really can control a lot of that better because you yeah. can understand the milligram count and like how what what type of edible you're enjoying and things like that. There's the market is really helping us like uh, make it easier to not have those crazy, like, Oh my God, like I'm dizzy and I I give up. (laughs) That's it. Well, and I think that's something that like, because we work with all the products and we talk to people all the time about it, we're really aware of dosage. Yeah. But there's something with the public when something's made legal that they're like, whatever. It's legal. Therefore, it means that, you know, whatever I do, it's all good. And it's like, eh, let's have that conversation. Like we need to have for for the general public that's not immersed in cannabis culture, we have to have the conversation of no matter whether it's medicinal or recreational, it's a substance that creates a reaction in the body. Sure. You know, your friend might love her chocolate covered blueberries to help with sleep. But that might it might be a different thing for you that works well, or maybe it's half a blueberry, or maybe it's two or three blueberries. Well, I think the problem is is people always see it as a challenge, right? Because yeah. they're like, you're like, beware, like you know, I can handle it, but you might want to drink this soda slow, and they're like, oh come on, and then yeah. they, they, they just drink the whole thing, and you're like, oh, I had a bad experience, and I don't want people to have bad experiences with cannabis, you know, like yeah, and you can get to a point where you get really anxious, especially with edibles, because they're so much stronger in the way that our body pr- processes them is oh, different, yeah. right? They can hit like, and they'll hit for longer too. So I think that uh, yeah, it's just it's fun, it's it's fun to explore them and 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 understand like 
yeah, that, that there's different milligrams and, you know, like you don't have to always go, you know, for the 100 milligram pill in the morning. <laughs> you don't have to be a high achiever. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe you do. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. So what are some of the things? Well, first, let's be, I was going to ask you one question, but now I'm just I'm going back. Uh-huh. I'm going to go back to the book. Oh, yeah. What I were that I was going to say, Nikki and Swami at Swami Select were some of the great people that I spoke with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those are some of the first people I ever met in cannabis. Um, and I think because they made themselves so public at a time when it wasn't okay to do that, you know, like yeah. it, everyone was still very scared of the police and they didn't want their, their people to come out to their farms because their farms might get robbed or something like that. Um, Swami of Swami Select was one of the first people to say, Hey, yeah, everyone can come out, come out to my farm. I feel like so many people in the cannabis industry have been out to their farm. Yeah. Um, explored the uh, flowers, you know, gone through the, to the gardens, done everything. And, and Swami was in the New York Times, you know, on the, in the, in the cannabis farm. And he was one of the first people that I met in cannabis. And actually one time I, uh, speaking of the Oakland Museum of California, which I just was before this, we started this podcast, um, at the Oakland Museum of California, they had an event, like it was like a harborside party a couple years back or whatever. And um, it's Swami was telling me that, you know, Oakland is is the home of Just Say No. This is where Just Say No was born, right? It was I didn't like, know that. Because Nancy Reagan was out of school here in town. Uh-huh. And she said, you know, like, Just Say No, kids. And Swami said things started changing when he started just saying yes. And I think that that's so beautiful because he just like started saying yes to people coming and, and exploring the plant and just being more and more public facing mm-hmm. um, that it just was like it, all the opportunities came. And those are like the best people in the cannabis industry are those ones who are open to other people coming and, and celebrating different, uh, you know, having them at their homes, having them at their grows, having them at their farms, like just opening up and sharing so much knowledge. Um, so I talked to them. They were the first people I talked to for the book. You know, I called yeah. them and said, let's talk about uh, cannabis tastings because, you know, they did the Emerald Cup. They've judged so oh, yeah. many weeds. <laughs> so many different types of weed. Yeah, they are regular. They're both regular judges for the Emerald Cup. Yeah, they're, yeah. They, they're you know, they're really dedicated to <laughs> smoking so much. It, it is like, I've never done it, but the Emerald Cup flower judging is like really a commitment. It's like days upon days of just like sampling buds for hours upon end like they and then in the beginning they were doing this really cute show that was like they would sit on their couch and they would tape it and it was just in the back of the barn and and then they were just like hey swami what are you doing this week and they would just talk about the flowers and everything it was that. just like really cute well and he's brought a lot of he's really highlighted the value of biodynamic farming and cannabis too he does yeah. some really cool stuff with that yeah and i really love um both his and nikki's like at their farm all those different religious artifacts and they're not necessarily like from one religion mm-hmm. so there's like an angel and the giant stone sculpture of like shiva and like all these different things right and you start, start spotting them and then you realize that they're they're thinking about cannabis in like a more conscious like way they're using it in a way that uh helps them like develop their own spirituality um you know, they 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 made the shape of the plants um, in the garden in like a sacred geometry. I heard that. I would love to see that. You know, so yeah. I think those things like that are are just really cool. And I think people who are more conscious about their consumption. I mean, as fun as it is to just like be like, yeah, let's get blaze all the time. If you think about it more, if you're like using cannabis to do like a yoga practice, or you're using cannabis to like. You're going to start trying to meditate. I feel like it can be such an amazing guide to get you those places that you need to go. Or you're going to go on like a long hike in the woods mm-hmm. and, and also smoke, you know, maybe alone. Yeah. It's a pandemic still. Right? <laughs> puff, puff, <don't> pass. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what I was doing is just yeah. like getting out into nature and um, yeah, just using cannabis as a guide to, to help me yeah. get to where I need to go in this life. Yeah, but I, especially with these past two years, I think cannabis has become a really valuable tool for people to, to not only center, yeah, but just to, to de-stress. For sure. It's been a lot. Well, who else do you have in the book? 
Oh my gosh. I know there's so many. I know I saw I, our friend Ngayo Bilum was oh, there. Oh, of course, Ngayo. Yeah, he knows so much about he does. different types of weed as well. Gotta get not just there. a comedian, although a very good comedian, but not just a comedian. Oh, no. He's a super uh, strain expert. So, we, yeah, Ngayo's in the book. Um, I wish I, I should look at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let me grab it really quick. I've got it right here. Oh, well, we did uh, Tina at Moon Maid Farms, of course. I did uh, Daniel Stein at Bryceland as well. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love Tina from Moon Maid. She, we did an episode not too long ago, and um, it's just really, like, her approach to cannabis is just, it's so soulful. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I really wanted to highlight those um, those people that are growing cannabis in the in the ways that I think cannabis should be grown, which yeah. essentially is outdoors, uh, you know, in the full sun with the, with somebody who really loves it behind it. And Gaio has some kind of joke about it, you know. That's just like you got to have a hippie that really loves the <laughs> the plant. And I still really believe that. I don't think that cannabis is like a corporate commodity yet. I don't think it's like something that you can just smoke any kind of it that's grown any kind of way and still uh, get these benefits from it. Like, I think that yeah. if, you're, if you're seeking, uh, you know, a, a more health-filled life, which we uh, we all are trying to do at this point, I think, because, like, things have just been hard, um, that, yeah, ca cannabis uh, grown organically outdoors in the sun, in the California sun. With intention. <laughs> is my favorite. Yeah. Well, and that's that's a conversation that I think we've had before. And, and I know I've had lots of times is when we're looking at indoor growing and somebody says that a light is full spectrum. Well, I don't think that we're advanced enough to really understand everything that the sun does. Yeah, I would agree. I definitely don't understand half the things that the sun does. <laughs> Um, but I know that when I go out in the sun and feel it on my skin, it feels really good. Right? Yeah. So I feel like plants, um, I don't know, I'm getting real hippie on this, but I feel like plants... Go there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like plants have that too. Yeah. And when I see plants out in the sun, um, you know, maybe even in the ground, like not even in a pot, ready to like spread their roots as far as they'll go and, and being grown in that biodynamic way that they do at uh, Moon Made and, and also Moon Gazer is another one of the farms that I talk to. Um, I think that those type of plants just just look the happiest to me. Yeah. They're vibing. I can yeah. see it in my in my eyes and in my heart. I don't know. Well, <laughs> no, it's true. And, you know, I remember back in the day when I worked behind the bar, you know, we used to be kind of like with outdoor, we were like poo pooed it. And there were like these big, beautiful colas that were coming from indoors. Yeah. But, you know, then there's, you know, learning more about it and learning about, you know, terroir and the fact that like even like with things like grapes, like the struggle makes them more flavorful and juicy. And, you know, I think that in the beginning, the outdoor that I was growing wasn't necessarily grown by people who had as good of a grasp on how to do it. So I used to think, oh, well, it's not as strong as this and that. And then one time I was hanging out with Ngayo mm -hmm. and he, <laughs> he brought me this, a, a gram of a flower called gummy bears. And I remember smoking it and I was like, oh my God, the flavor, yeah, the, the power behind it. It was like, it was completely different than what I had experienced before. So what I realized was outdoor flower, when done right, is far superior to anything. I th I I agree. I feel like it's there. It's it's hard to say that, especially on a podcast where people can hear us. But no, I mean, uh, <laughs> because indoor cannabis is so delicious. Like, it is. I am not. I love indoor cannabis I too. Do not, not want to throw any shade. Oh my yep. god! But um, I feel like when I have the opportunity to really look at what type of cannabis I feel like vibes the best with me and with the world and the way that, I mean, the way that cannabis is grown is going to be really important to the future conversations. Yeah. And um, using like the sun is way better than building a greenhouse or even like, uh, you know, in a facility, especially an indoor facility is going to take a lot of electricity, yeah. things like that. And as uh, more states are getting legalized, we're, you know, we're growing cannabis in places like Colorado. Yeah. And Colorado isn't necessarily the spot where it's going to be like 
it's pretty dry, it's pretty cold, those kind of things. So they're controlling the indoor climate a lot Mm -hmm. um, in those kind of spaces. And that's taking a lot of energy. Um, And I don't want cannabis to be something that like takes away from the world. I want it to be something that like really gives to the world. Right. And so the way that I see that it giving to the world is outdoors. Yeah, I agree. And and going back to what you were saying before too about indoors, like there are, I mean, I, I don't want to knock indoor because there are some very masterful indoor growers that oh have God, the, beautiful stuff. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we love <laughs> you too. We're not going to say no. <laughs> Give us your weed. Yeah. We love it. But yeah, when I have an opportunity, when I had an opportunity like writing this book, yeah, I was like, well, how do I want the expression of cannabis to be portrayed? Yeah. That, then I said, I you know, I really want it to be a lot of outdoor stuff. I put indoor as well, uh, you know, information about indoor growing into the book. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of regenerative. It's a lot of hugo culture. It's a lot of those kind of growing techniques that I think uh, give the best expression of what cannabis can be. Right. Because this is a cannabis appreciation book, so it's like, how can we appreciate the flower like, mm-hmm. in the best possible way? Mm-hmm. And and my my concept for that was like, yeah, we got to grow it the best possible way. What was your favorite part of writing it? Oh, my gosh. My favorite part of writing it, I feel it's so hard as a writer because you just sit at your house alone for so many days just putting it together, you know, and like wondering. You kind of think, is anyone going to read this? Is, is it, am I, am I going to reach the world? Um, and so I feel like the, the putting it together and then the expression of it like in my hand now it was just a, just like having a physical book was just incredible yeah. I think it's it it was very challenging to write it because it was it was during the pandemic you know like things were everything was shutting down literally we like it was a very fearful time mm-hmm. um you know this we were here in the bay and that was during when the sky when the fires caused the sky to turn orange. And that the, was wild. Folks, like the sky didn't even rise that day. Like the, like the sun, oh, sorry. The, <laughs> the sun didn't even rise that day. It felt like the sky didn't rise. It felt like we were, we woke up in Mars. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm still going to write this sweet book, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, even the, though I'm in Mars. Even I'm though, still going to write it. You know? <laughs> so that was, that was wild. It was, it was very challenging, but I feel like, uh, it, pushing through it and putting it all together and then having this like expression with there's so many cool people in it and I'm, I for, I'm so sorry that I just like spaced on the whole thing because I'm just like out of control working on the magazine these days but yeah there's just like uh, it was an opportunity to take all the work that I'd done through uh, Cannabis Now magazine and all the people that I met and like put it together in a physical book like, yeah just like you like seven years of this stuff like you know interviews meeting people going to the farms like exploring cannabis smoking it like you know judging competitions doing all these things meeting you like everything of my whole like cannabis life is kind of in here yeah well you had there's even a glossary i saw that you had i mean you had years and years of content like in your head and i have to say that when all hell was breaking loose in the world like hearing from you in an email was like the best because i was like the world is continuing. Everything was so crazy. When I even when I talked to Tina at Moon Mage, it was like she was like there was the smoke and the fires and like the harvest season was coming. And I was like, hey, can I talk to you about my book? And she's yeah. like, okay. And I was kind enough to like get an interview in about like her growing practices and um, the things that she does at the farm. But it was such a crazy time to be like reaching out to people. Yeah. You know, because we were all so just like, oh my gosh, what's happening in the world? I know. But I also think it's a really good time to reach out and yeah. hear from people because we all were so separated because everybody was, you know, the fires were scary, but if we hadn't been in the midst of a pandemic, some of us would have gotten together to kind of support each other through it. Oh my gosh. And yeah. And the whole thing that was going on in the political scene with like yeah. Trump and everything was just like terrifying. And we were all just like isolated from each other going through it. So I feel like, yeah, it was, it was really nice to still stay connected to the cannabis community. And I, I you know, Usually I do things in person. I love to meet people. I love to like be there. I love to smoke the weed. I love to be on the farm. But in this case, like it was like, all right, like we're I'm doing it. You know, I'm writing it. I'm writing it. Um, I've I've had those experiences. You know, I'm putting them all together. And it was like it starts at the beginning. Um, you know, when I was I'm at Oaksterdam, yeah, in here in Oakland, which is like that's the first place where I saw a live cannabis plant on display, and it was just downtown. 
you know, and you could just walk in. I, my friend was visiting from London, mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, this is a cool Californian thing we can do. You know, we can go check out this cannabis museum. And then the, the plant was right there. And I feel like that was such a pivotal moment for me. I had never really even seen it before. Like, I'm not, wasn't from, like, a, my parents didn't, like, grow it in the backyard or anything. Like, I, I, I had only smoked it before. So, yeah. like, seeing it as a living plant, I thought was so important. And, like, I wanted to show him. And I want to show the world, like what the plant looks like and like how to grow it and you know one of, like my one of my main mentors is Ed Rosenthal and and I actually like started growing during the pandemic as well like I'm not a master cultivator by, by any means but you know it was like now we have some time right so mm-hmm. like I grew some tomatoes I like it those tomatoes were really good by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah like all the heirloom tomatoes I got from Ed like because he's giving me all the starters and we're just you know hanging out and uh, yeah, I grew some different types of bud, and we, me and my husband, we had his and her gardens, which was ridiculous. Like he had his own grow, and I had my own little grow. It was just like in two separate areas of the backyard. Uh huh. And it, it was so fun to just like grow a plant and explore cannabis in that way. Like you uh, just see m- more about it when you just grow it yourself. And I, I feel like in California, we're so lucky because we can. We can grow right. six plants. But there's still states where they're legalizing it where you still can't even grow. And I'm just like, I don't know. That's not... There's a huge disconnect with that because I just want to say to the people who are against it, and especially when it's the companies, mm-hmm. nobody's going to be growing enough that they're going to stop going to you. I mean, people, no. people grow tomatoes at home and tomatoes still sell perfectly well at the store. Right. That's exactly what Ed Ed says is the tomato model. Like yeah. you you can grow your own heirloom tomatoes at home and it'll be fun, but you're not going to like stop buying tomato sauce like because you have like, you know, you're not like, no, I'm off the tomato grid. Like, screw you guys. Like, you're still going to get a slice of pizza. Like, right. like, it's not. And it's so therapeutic. I mean, that's the first time that I went into a grow. It was magical. Like, just what you yeah. feel. And here, I'm going to go hippie on you. Oh, yes. But it's just like, you know, there was this energy. Yeah. And, and that was one of the things that well, I taught at, at uh, the California Institute of Integral Studies. I did a little um, class on medicinal cannabis or just like a cannabis 101 for the Chinese medicine practitioners. Because, as you know, their colonialism and the opium war and everything changed the way Chinese medicine looked at cannabis it became very taboo even though they still use like the roots and the seeds and things like that yeah but i had a grower actually give me a bouquet of, of fresh flowers like the the stems with the buds oh, and leaves put beautiful. it in a vase right on the desk and people were just like whoa and we're so lucky because it's happened to us but like yeah. I, for the majority of the world i'm gonna say that 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 cannabis on the stem like seeing it like that um, you know like experiencing the plant and and in its full capacity is still something that so many people have not done no so i'm like yes yeah let's do more (laughs) well and then you become disconnected from it because when you only see it processed and packaged sure it becomes more of a commodity than the fact that it's a living thing right right and a botanical that grows in so many different types yeah. And that's what's the coolest one of the coolest things about cannabis is there's um you know there's male and female plants so we can make so many different combinations that and we have we have been making so many different combinations of cannabis that there's it's you know it's like wine tasting at this point it's better than wine tasting there's so many different types to explore. Well and and riffing off what you were saying with botanicals I really like, I, you know, cannabis does a lot on its own and I like it by itself, just a lot. <laughs> but that amazing synergy that happens when you start adding other botanicals into it is really cool too, like the mixing of herbs and cannabis. Sure. Because you're, you're looking at, you know, some of the properties of those plants, but the one thing that people sometimes don't understand is that they have a lot in common, especially because of the terpenes. Oh, which ones are you mixing? Like, or is it, do you have like a... I like, or something? I like to have like <laughs> lavender with it. Okay. Lavender and cannabis is really nice. Or you do like puff the lavender? I'll puff it. Or oh. sometimes I've actually, even, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even sometimes I've done like, like a lavender tea and I've put like, you know, tinctures in there. Or even like I'll throw okay. like my, my favorite jam is I have the um, the sympathy from Kikoko because it's got a high CBD content okay. in there. 
they have other botanicals in there. But like I was saying earlier, I love nerding out on adaptogens. So I have this adaptogenic tea that's got like ashwagandha and holy basil and different things in there. And I'll put like a bag of each in. And that's like my jam because just the way that they, I mean, cannabis has an adaptogenic nature to it. Oh, well, I was just going to ask, what is, what, is, what is adaptogen? So adaptogens are a class of herbs that create homeostasis. They create oh. like calm. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I just I, never heard the term before. I don't know. Yeah. And it's, oh, Alan, you love it. <laughs> You love it. I'm going to send you home with a couple bags of adaptogenic tea and you oh, can check what? it out. Okay, okay. But it's, you know, it's one of those things where like when we, when I used to work in the store and we'd have like a stressful day, sure. I have this tea called from Yogi Tea called Tangerine Positive Energy. Mm-hmm. It has a little bit of caffeine in it, but then it has all these adaptogenic herbs that just help like even you out if you're having a stressful day. Sure. So I have like a box of those in my locker at work. And my my coworkers and they're having a bad day. They'd be like, they'd come up and they'd be like, "Do you have any of that tea? <laughs> Take a bag, so have it on your lunch. Come back." And it's like, you know, it's it's nice too because it, there's, you know, we have a we have a rule at work that we have to be, you know, with the program when we're on the floor. So. It helps because sometimes I think when people get stressed, they might kind of jump the shark and how much THC they put in their bodies and then they'd come back on the floor and oh. not be as, you know, on it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with adapt, It's happened to me. <laughs> happened to me too. As a magazine editor, the first thing that goes is I can't use the computer anymore. And then I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, too much THC will make me really distracted. Mm. You know, I, I, I like... I, I keep it low during the day so that I can be really functional. But, you know, for people who need to, like, have relief, but THC or some of the other cannabinoids might be a little distracting, throwing sure. an adaptogen into the mix is a really nice way to create some balance and support your adrenals. And Nice. I, I just love in. the way that cannabis like, kind of opens the doors to different plant medicines, like yeah. you're saying. It's just like there's so many... You're like, oh, wait a minute. All these other things are <laughs> I'm I was really interested in weed because it got me really high. And then I discovered that there's other plants that do things, <laughs> you know. That's it. <laughs> well, I mean, and then there's, you know, back in the day when I was a kid where we we used to my best friend and I used to be like, so what else is there behind, besides cannabis that will create a reaction in our bodies? And so we yes. used to just mess with all sorts of things in the spice cabinet that did absolutely nothing. Yeah. What was that one that you're supposed to grind up? Nutmeg. Nutmeg. <laughs> yeah. Nutmeg. See, I didn't know about that then. And it's probably a good thing. Okay. I did it at UC Santa Cruz with my old roommate. And we like ground up the nutmeg and we're like, yeah, we're going to get faded. And then we put it in a, a big thing of water and drank it. Uh-huh. Went to class. And like, it just made us like really, really tired. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember coming back and he looked all tired. He was just all like, whoa. <laughs> it's like the nutmeg. We, why did we drink all that nutmeg? Nutmeg is a nighttime drink, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'd say. But I don't, you know, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going to the magazine, what? And I know, you know, I'm going to preface this with, I know that you're just, you know, you're very excited to be there. You're just starting out. But, and there's, a, and I'll, in a year, when we when I when I call you for the recap, I'm sure uh, you'll have a lot when more I to say. When I make twelve magazines, yeah, exactly, in one a month. Yeah, <laughs> what are, what have been some of the things that you've been really excited about with the magazine, and what are you looking towards the future? And and I know that, you know, you're you're still in the midst, so no pressure. Yeah, no, I I think that it it has a really nice structure to it. It has a it has two components to it. It's the the grow section mm-hmm. and then the culture section. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I really I like I love to write grow, grow articles. I love to write about like classic strains and I'm, I'm going to explore skunk number 1. Um I'm going to look I did a tour of Fig Farms which is an Oakland cultivator that's just going to be amazing like in terms of like what they do with the pheno hunting and like creating new types of cannabis and their their like drive to you know give us the new flavors is is just something i'm really excited to explore in the in the magazine and also the the culture side of it is is really fun to talk to people we i have uh cypress hill of course you know we all we they those guys are cannabis all-stars and then you know (laughs) 
they're in the, they're in the next issue um, talking about their new documentary that they have coming out. Uh, Paul Wall and Terminology have a new album together. Um, it, it was that interview was really interesting. Uh, Kyle Eustace is a writer that uh, we're we're working with at High Times, and uh, she's pretty amazing. She got Paul Wall to talk about how he had uh, gastric bypass surgery and how he's using cannabis more medicinally these days because after he had that surgery, he didn't really want to eat. Yeah. Because it like affected, you know, it's just like wasn't hungry and he started losing like all kinds of weight, but it wasn't like in a in a necessary that healthy way. You can't like not eat anything, right? So he said that you know I'm using cannabis more medicinally these days, and that that's how his like cannabis consumption has shifted. And I think that's that was such a beautiful conversation, and that's coming out in the next issue. So I'm that's like, so cool. Okay, this is really fun to talk to uh, the cultural side of cannabis and really get into like the musicians and the the people that are making the art and you know like those elements and then really hone in on the the growth side of it i want to i want to make sure that people know like about like how cannabis starts from the seed you know clones like grow your own like all all these all these things that i think uh the magazine should be able to to tell people yeah i want i really want people to still learn and and of course the uh high times has been uh you know the forerunner in this in this space for so long it's, it's legendary. Like, like hash making started because someone took out an ad in high <laughs> you know, like it's the like ice water hash and did the processes that we do today. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of history to explore with the magazine as well. I really love looking back at the history and looking made particularly the history of high times and what kind of parties they threw and like how they like Tom Fursad like pied someone in the face in the Senate, you know, like because I remember <laughs> hearing about that. That's so fun. Like I'm just like we should I I want to explore all these things. I want to like look back in the archives and really bring out the, the all the you know fuck the police shit that High Times does. You know? Yeah. And back into the magazine and and uh you know just honor what it's always been but also look forward towards you know new a new future in cannabis and that's like, I think what what we're we're I'm hoping to do at the with the print. That's cool. Because there's I, I think there's nothing more sad than when something is like has been like the source and kind of the foundation of an industry when they kind of lose their way and they they just kind of fade off. And it has such a rich history. And like we've seen through the years, because you and I have been in this this realm of cannabis for a while, there's been a lot of change. And it's like, how do we yeah. how do we keep our heart and stay relevant? And yeah. it's, you you just it sounds like I mean the magazine had been working on that anyway, like because of course, even now, High Times is the magazine in the industry. Yeah, and I think I, at least recently, I'm gonna give a big shout out to, shout out to my <laughs> my my boss, John Capetta, is the VP of content, and I've noticed his changes that he's really made in the last four years. He's he's really making it a lot more funny. He wants to invite a lot more people to that's to, exciting to pick up the magazine again and to have fun with it again and to like you know like really explore this plant in all the different ways. It's such an amazing way to bring us together, too, cannabis. All, all these cannabis cups that High Times has always thrown. I mean, like, winning the cannabis cup changed the world for fig farms. They were just telling me out there that, you know, they won the 2017 cup with their banana fig. Uh -huh. And then the people that they were going to get the lease for their grow facility said... Well, we've seen you in the pages of High Times magazine as the award winner, and we feel like we're going to give you the grow facility. Like That's awesome. So it can really change people's lives still. And that was just, you know, it's, it's an amazing uh, platform to have a, a media company that's that's as invested in cannabis as High Times is. So Right. When we have more and more people who are using cannabis and are getting enthusiastic about it and wanting to learn more. Yes. So the readership is going to be expanding. I, I'm, I mean, even my husband's dad is picking it up. <laughs> That's awesome. I just feel like I don't want to isolate anyone. I do want, like, a granny to be able to, like, say, yeah, this fake farms does sound really good, you know? I yeah. think that there's uh, a, a piece of cannabis for everyone. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, you know, there's there are different parts of it that resonate more for people, but... You've always done an amazing job of making it very friendly and accessible and educational so people on any level can enjoy the content that you've put out, which I've always really appreciated because I think in the past, you know, it's, it hasn't been as accessible. 
you know, it's definitely been more like the connoisseurs understand more about it and then people do it just because they like it. But to actually be able to connect with who's growing, what's going on, empowering yourself with education and to have that in a publication is just extraordinarily valuable. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I feel like if you're talking to the coolest of cool kids in this industry, which, you know, we roll with those people. They're awesome. Yeah, they're so awesome. At yeah. a certain point, it, it almost sounds like code. You're yeah. like, I don't know. You know, you have to you have to be able to follow along. And there's mm-hmm. that's that's one of the fun parts about writing about cannabis is we invent our own words uh, to go along with the culture as as things change. You know, we we are uh, artists in our in our own space, right? Yeah. And I think that's that's really beautiful. But at the same time, it, it can get uh, too far away from somebody who's just trying to understand. And that was mm-hmm. what uh, was a big part of writing this book was distilling the message um, so it could reach more people, I suppose. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, I worked with uh, different editors who weren't as familiar as cannabis with cannabis as I was, so they were asking questions that I thought, oh, yeah, everyone knows what decarboxylate, you know, means. Like, that's a word we use all the time, <laughs> you know? It's like, no, not everyone knows what decarboxylate means, which is... Which I'm now quizzing you. You're quizzing no. me. So that, that is heating... The cannabis plant that converts a precursor to THC, THCA, to THC. Mm-hmm. So if you have something that's not decarboxylated, like a raw leaf, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be THCA, which yeah. is not going to get you high in the same way as THC. But the decarboxylation happens when you like light a joint or put it in the oven to cook it. Mm-hmm. Or in the case of some tinctures, if you have an alcohol tincture that's in a warm... Oh, yes, in the sun much- or something, huh? That, that's that was my after school special moment. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> nice. You know, and we're back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> well, if if our listeners want to follow you, how would they do that? Um, again, I'm still on social media at Holland Buds on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, you know, at the magazine, I'm writing stuff. It's Ellen Holland and High Times. So, yeah, follow, that's Holland Buds is. Uh, just been a really fun thing. Uh, my my friend Gracie at, at Cannabis Now Magazine came Gracie. up with my 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 name for the gram, and I think it's just so perfect because uh, Holland is like such a classic place for cannabis growing, like in the seventies, and we're talking like all the seed companies that first came out, like Greenhouse Seed, like Neville Seeds, like we were just talking Skunk Number One, like yeah, all of these things happen in the Netherlands in Holland. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, this is my name, like <laughs> all these Holland buds, so. And people need to check out your book because it's gorgeous. And you'll learn a lot from it. It's really accessible. And like I mentioned earlier, if you're like me and you like to nerd out on your books and you like to decorate your house with them too, it makes a beautiful, not only a coffee table gift or coffee table book, but a beautiful gift for the weed curious or the weed lover in your life. Thank you. And I, I've just really enjoyed seeing it around people's homes, like your home today. It's just so like nice to see it. You know, I went to my aunt and uncle's house and it's still on the table in the middle, you know, and they're not smokers. But I was like, that's really cool about it too, is that everyone's entering their lives is going to go, hey, what's this? You know, like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for people who want to, to learn more and want to follow people, you have a lot of amazing folks in there that they should be following on social media and learning from them because there's a lot of great educational content. Yeah. That comes from I like, like I said, I feel like this is uh this is years of me meeting people and learning about the plant and uh, gathering them all together in, in one place. And I feel like it's all here. You're in here, you know, <laughs> I feel, there's so many cool things in here and I, and, and I feel like, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to, as it gets out into the world and I hope people, you know, want to read it and, you know, leave me a review on the Goodreads and stuff like that. It would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I it just... was it was the number one book in marijuana cultivation for a good couple of weeks. So I was like. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. Number one new release. So I was like, all right. Yay. Weed. Weed. A connoisseur's guide to cannabis. <laughs> well deserved. Well deserved. I Thank mean, you. You know, my jaded ass loves it. <laughs> Yay. Thanks. 
Yeah, it's such a beautiful thing. And, I, you know, the forwards by Kat Cora, and she's an amazing person to work with. She's a, I, like, really respect her. Do you remember that show, uh, Iron Chef America? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, where she battles with the different chefs, and she's the female chef, and she's kicking ass. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, she, I, and that's another thing that's been really interesting, too, is seeing um, a lot of, like, chefs that have gotten into the cannabis sphere, like Kat and then also, like, Dominique Crenn has been doing some interesting oh, things. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, you talked yeah. to her, right? I did. Yeah. And then also, um, oh, gosh, I can't remember. Um, Enrique Oliveras. Oh, cool. Yeah, cause they, with Rose, Rose LA, they've been doing some really cool things. Yeah. And that's, I, I just love hearing from our colleagues and finding out, you know, the different creative artistic people in other realms like Kat and Dominique yeah. getting into this and like putting their voices and their creativity into it just it enriches everything I mean, yeah I got to meet with Roy Choi in LA oh like for an event he was doing he put together this um this show on KQED at the time it was at Broken Bread and now he's got season two out but it was about wasted like uh, look at different aspects of the food industry, uh -huh. um, like but like in a really conscious way. So he's like figuring out like uh, this one place is called like Homeboy um, Industries, and it's it's all ex cons working there. And he did an episode oh, on know. cannabis, which is why I was there. So I got uh -huh. to talk to him, and it was so fun. He's amazing. He's a really nice person. He's a, an amazing chef. He's got all these things going on, and um, you know I brought him some weed, and we we had an edible. At the, like he, I was hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's, it's really fun to meet people who are accepting of cannabis and, like, ready to um, use their passions and then combine it with our passion and our all, you know, our community's passion of, of this plant, this flower. I love it. I love the fact that we actually have the opportunity to be open about being creative and really growing it. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that we also have to be aware of is, like, you know, for our listeners out there, especially those of you who aren't in California, it's like we live in kind of like the Disneyland of weed in many ways. Yes. And there is, you know, there is a lot to be said for the way policy is going in other states or not going. And so, you know, there's a call to action for those of us, you know, who are using cannabis. The reason that we're getting policy that's not so great is because we're basing it on state culture and stigma. Mm-hmm. And we need to, you know, a lot of these policymakers still are under the old impression that, you know, those of us who like weed are a bunch of stoners that don't take action and do things. Right. So, you know, it's for those of us who are comfortable with it, it's time to come out of the cannabis closet. Right. You know, let your policymakers know that you are an active member of society that contributes, that has a job, that pays taxes, you use cannabis, and most importantly, you vote. Right. And I think t telling your friends and family too, really being really open with your social spaces and finally yeah. like not thinking that it's something that you should be ashamed of. Yeah. And that's something that uh, we've had the opportunity to do because it's our industry that we've entered, right? So I've always said that one of the first things people ask you is like, hey, when they meet you, what is your job? What do you do? Yeah. And if you're like, I'm a cannabis writer, they're like, oh, okay, you know, and then it opens up a conversation. But I don't think that everyone gets to have those types of conversations. And I just want more people to yeah, be able to explore the plan and say that they like it and, you know, use it in these ways and not be ashamed of it in the ways that it has been in the past. And I think your book is a great seg to be able to have those conversations. Yeah. I always like to say conversation is normalization because the more we talk about it, the more people get comfortable and ask questions. And the more people know, the more we can create that safe container for experimentation for everybody to be able to check it out and see if it's something that resonates for them. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much for coming back on. Thank you. You know, <laughs> for those of you listening out there, if you haven't been listening since the beginning of the episode uh, the, the, of my podcast, Ellen is the one that I started my training wheels with. I was like so happy to have her as my first guest because one, she's a dear friend. Two, she's already had to sort through all my writing in the past. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? You're an incredible writer and well, an incredible you. podcaster at this point. And thank yeah, you. I'm so glad that, that the opportunities are still coming to you and you're, and you're spreading the words of cannabis like with all your guests that you have. And thank you so much for having me back. Oh, I always love talking to you. I mean, we have great conversations, but you're also just such a, a lovely, gentle soul that like my first my first episode, it made me way less afraid because it, for those of you who have done stuff like this, it is a learning curve. Right. You know, we all we all learn in different ways. And, 
it, it's it's the best to be able to to do this with a friend and to have you back and Thank especially you. with so many exciting things Wait, going on in your life you were a pro in the beginning and you continue to shine Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who are listening to planted remember we are twice a month if you like the podcast share the love let people know that you're listening give us reviews and if you want to follow us on social media we are on uh, Facebook with Planted with Sarah Pion on Twitter and IG. We are Planted with Sarah. And if you want to follow me on social media, I am Sarah Mitra Pion on IG and Facebook and Sarah M. Pion on Twitter, www.plantedwithsarah.com. And of course, you can always listen to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon, Google, Apple, Spotify, and Pandora, and our parent network, Radio Misfits Network, straight out of Chicago. I am still a Midwestern girl. And until next time, be good to each other. It's a crazy world out there. Stay safe and stay curious. Until next time, everyone, take care.